We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast. We're brought to you by ZoneCoverage.com, Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Today's April 20th. The plan for today's show is to keep um, moving through some of these draft prospects kind of two at a time. Two weeks ago, um, we went into Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman. Last week, Will, you and I went into Obi Toppin and Cole Anthony. Today, we're going to focus on Killian Hayes and Theo Maladon and just also just kind of get into this draft as a whole, um, my buddy, again, I said, Will uh, DeBerg, you're the assistant coach at University of St. Thomas with me last week. What was your initial take on how this was different to look at Killian Hayes and Theo Maladon over, or overseas versus what, how we were able to look at Toppin and Anthony? Yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest difference was just the quantity of tape we had available. <laughs> yeah, we right. had, I mean, with the college guys, with Cole Anthony and, and Obi, we had know hours of synergy tape probably watch too much yeah probably watch too much (laughs) um with these guys though we got some some individual games um we got to watch a whole whole game i thought that was like different yeah it was more fun like it was easier it's been a while since i've like sat down to watch the whole basketball game and it was it was fun to be able to to watch these guys rather than just in little little chunks of you know of time right so we only had a couple games so it's a little bit harder but obviously you know you pull their stats you watch the games you you know, make the most of it. Yeah, so. you can play, you know, fantasy GMs. Yeah, exactly. You your exactly. <laughs> um, but so so kind of the, the, the thinking was, Will and I were talking about this, like, well, what are we going to do about <laughs> Killian Hayes and Theo Maladon when we get to those guys because we can't really watch them other than, like, YouTube, this and that. And Will kind of alerted to me, Jordan, that you are, you're back here in Minnesota. And then I started looking into it, and I was like, oh, Theo Maladon is literally your – 
backup point guard. That's yeah. Sometimes starting in front of you, depending <laughs> on the day. <laughs> Tell you, yeah. And you also you also played against uh, Killian this year too. I played against Killian last year. Last year, and okay. then uh, yeah, he went to Germany. I don't know if you guys know. He's got a crazy story. They. Uh, he was in uh, Cholet or Chalon. I can't remember. One of those French cities. I'm going to mess up every one of <laughs> the names. Right. So, so <laughs> right. you're fine. <laughs> right. And he, uh, he was supposed to play with the French under 18 or under 19 national team, and he didn't want to, so they suspended him for the season. So he left the French league and went to Germany because he was going to have to sit out like a couple games or half the year or something crazy. It would have been like James Wiseman of – yeah. Overseas. It'd, yeah, it'd be like well, it'd be James Wiseman refusing the U.S. team and not being able to play college basketball. It's right. arguably the dumbest move ever by <laughs> the French uh, <laughs> French National uh, Federation. But, yeah, it was kind of crazy. But, yeah, it was, it was fun to play with and against those dudes. So what's – I mean, obviously for you, it's, it's, this isn't just your, your teammate. It's your, your life, your livelihood. Like you also had to stop playing basketball and, and come back here. Yes. Yeah. Just weird time for all of us. Like, what what is what is the I guess the whole year kind of looked like for you, but specific maybe like start at the end of like yeah you guys played a game. You, I, I looked up your last game was the same day the Timberwolves played their last game, which I think was the day before all the Rudy Gobert stuff kind of went down. Is yep. that like timeline stuff sort of similar? It was it was the exact timeline. It was actually kind of funny because you know everybody especially Americans, think that the world runs on the NBA schedule. So was, we, we played a game in front of France. It was against Monaco. That's where the best team in the league, or two best teams in the league. Sure. And we ended up beating them by like 15. And I think we had to win by like 21 to get to to get to first place or something like that. It just works like that? that that's like tiebreakers? That, that's since, since the season ended its way, ended that way, it's like yeah. a point differential. Obviously, there's playoffs right. and all that. It's like um, back in the day, like traveling basketball tournaments. Yeah, like, to get to the <laughs> mercy rule. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we to be the one seed, we had to beat them by by twenty one. But anyway, we played with no fans. Uh, we won the game. Our coach was convinced that you know this was just going to be over in a week, and we were going to go back to playing. I was trying oh. to. <laughs> they were telling their Ukrainian stories about the war. I was like, yeah, little little different, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, so yeah, so then. That Tuesday we played, Thursday the Rudy Gobert stuff happened, and by Friday they canceled our EuroLeague game, and we were on a plane home by that next Tuesday. So it was it was quick, probably the fastest for me ever. And uh, Now you're just chilling here? You're just back? I'm old. I'm 30, so for me, I'm looking <laughs> at it as a vacation. This might add a couple of years onto my career. There you go. When, so, <laughs> when's the last time you've touched a basketball? Uh, that Thursday. So over a month? Well over. Yeah, Is well that the over. longest you've been – since when? Without touching a basketball. Hey man, I've had so many. Without touching a basketball, oh, longest ever. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I had injuries where I couldn't play for right. But like without six, even shooting or. Without, I have not touched a basketball. I haven't yeah. seen. No, nah, there's a, a deflated basketball in my room. <laughs> I got one back there. So <laughs> yeah. Dribble I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> just enjoy just like, this time more. Just, yeah, just vacation. Like, yeah, I mean, your whole life is basketball. So to be able to not do it and right. have an excuse. Right, right, right. I've seen, I'm still running, working out, trying to stay in shape and stuff, but. Right now, it's looking like we're not playing until hopefully next September. So, do you think that'll happen? I mean, how do you know? But it's like like Will said, you have no clue. Shoot, we might not be playing until next December. As some people are, 2021. So, right, it's crazy. I don't know. So, are you technically a free agent right now? No, I'm still under contract, and the French league is not done. It's suspended. Okay, it's not canceled, and the Euro League, same thing. So, honestly. Oh, you never know. This could end tomorrow or right, end two right. days from now. 
Probably not, but they could call us back. I could be back in France by this time next week. So, never know. So the one game Will and I watched or were able to watch was I. I thought it was it was fun because it was not only like knowing you, but there was a million different like Minnesota or just NBA sort of ties. Like I felt like I turned on a NBA game. I'm like, I know all these guys, right. and obviously you're in it, and and Maladon's in it. So you know, it's kind of watching for that. But you got. Jimmer Fredette, and yep. you got a whole, you know, it was coached by Rick Pitino. So we were playing. Yeah, Wesley Johnson, there's Sean Thomas. Panthen- Panthenakis. Panathinakos. Okay, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even, not even close. That, that's who you were playing against. Nick Calathis kind of killed it in that game. <laughs> well, 17 assists. I don't want that. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> who was guarding that guy? <laughs> you know what? I, uh, not me. He didn't score a lot. It was assists, so it was on the other guy. We, we played them twice, and the first time Nick him. got – we beat him. And yeah. matter of fact, John Luer flew out to the game because oh, yeah. he played with Nick in Memphis, and then he stayed uh, with me, okay. so it was, it was pretty dope. And uh, Nick, I think, maybe had like eight assists, but he had like nine turnovers. For some reason, we switched our game plan. <laughs> you know, I, I'm getting yelled at because I'm not denying the cross-court pass off the off the screen and roll. I'm trying – Nick is 6'6", six, six, I'm 6'2", with a <laughs> negative 5'11 wingspan. <laughs> so, yeah, I was getting pretty tight at that. But, yeah, he almost broke the EuroLeague record for assists that game. It was – Will, you watched it. I, yeah, well, it was funny because I – so I've got a friend over there who's a, a basketball writer. Okay. And so I was like, hey, can you send us some, like, game tapes of Killian Hayes and Theo Maldon? He's like, yeah, sure. So he, he sends me them, and the, when I clicked on Theo's game, like, you know, I, I skip ahead to the jump ball, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's Jordan. Like, I, I, <laughs> know, I knew what team, I just yeah. didn't put it together. I'm like, oh, damn, there's Jordan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you said, the amount of Minnesota basketball ties between right. Jordan being from Minnesota and Wesley Johnson was drafted by the Wolves. So, yeah, you were playing against Wesley Johnson. Playing against uh, – Panathinaikos has probably the most talented team in yeah. Europe, in my opinion, just on paper. Sean Thomas, Nick Calathis, yep. Wesley Johnson, Jimmer Fredette, Jimmer Fredette uh, Tyrese Rice. Like, like Wes Johnson, is he played like 10 minutes in that yeah. game. He's like off the bench. And that's just how Europe is. Like yeah. some games, you could have, I had games where I have like 18 and 9, and the next game you play 13 minutes. So yeah. it's just, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of Europe. But uh, honestly, the most talented player is, uh, I forget the dude's first name, but it's um, Papianis. The Georgia. big, and he was Georgia's a- Papianis, and he is I, there's no. I think he's just kind of soft, maybe, because he's an NBA. He was a lottery pick back. He was. He was the thirteenth overall yeah. to the the king, and it was like a crazy at the time. Everyone's like, "What the hell? Like this guy got like this guy is a lottery yeah. pick," and it's kind of like labeled as one of the biggest busts. But then you watch him in that context, yeah, and he's just a, like the size stands out a little bit more. Yeah, and he's one of the probably most talented bigs. Over he's. There. I mean, he shoots it. He does everything. He can block shots. But you know, I, that's. Guys like that, you kind of see when people say there's a difference between, or the biggest examples of the difference between Europe and the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like guys like that and uh, Walter Tavares, yeah. who is over big there. Guys. Big guys. Over there, they stand in the paint. They don't got to move, and you really can't go in there because they can send that. Right. They're going to send anything you shoot back into the stands. But it's the like, NBA, you got to move around. So You know uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, who plays for the Rockets? Yeah. Yep. So it's, I, I remember like when they, he had a, a big game against the Wolves here this year, and everyone was kind of like, Bag on. I'm like, oh, you let like Hartenstein get like nine offensive rebounds and whatever. I'm like, Isaiah Hartenstein was like the G League MVP last year. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, but it, but it, like, what made me think about it is it's these big guys like that kind of are able to. Well, in the NBA, like big guys, it's like whatever, get out of here. Like, we'll, we'll give you a minimum contract or we'll start a six foot eight guy. But then you go G League or kind of overseas, and it still seems to like 
not only have like held the value of the big man, but be even maybe more valuable because everyone else is kind of smaller. I, I don't know. I think it's just I think it's just the rule. Simply, I think the defensive three second rule uh, is probably the biggest difference. Where you know. You come off a screen and you're up, they'll give you a 17 foot pull. Same in the NBA. Yeah. But it's just like anybody will give you that. But then you don't really have, like I said, Tavares just doesn't have to move. Yeah. Literally stands under. And he's like 7'4. He's, he's yeah. big. He's a big. <laughs> he had a block against us in Madrid where I was like, he got beat. And something like Tony Zakiri like turned around and just should have been a dunk. You have to see it on a clip. I can't even explain it, but it was. I was just like, Damn. he's massive. I, I, feel I, remember, like, I saw I, him play at some. I league. feel like watching these Euroleague games, the centers are more of like the early two thousands NBA, yeah. like yeah, the bigger back sure. to the basket. Like they never step outside on offense and shoot. Yeah, they don't leave the paint on defense. It's almost like they haven't caught up yet with modern day NBA. But yeah. maybe that's like the the whole point. What he's saying with the defensive three seconds, where you like talk about how the big man in the NBA is like irrelevant it's like well what if you just change the rules if they change the rule and get a defensive three seconds in europe i think it's i personally think it'll change european bad i think it will be bad because you won't it'll be a struggle for europeans right the game will be it's already becoming faster but mm-hmm. it'll become even faster more athletic and that's going to be and they i don't think in europe they want that right so. um all right let's talk about let's talk about theo first before we do for killian I, I was thinking about it from your perspective. You're 30. I'm 30. Yeah. And it's this 18-year-old kid. Yeah. And he's, whatever you said, back, he backed you up in the one game I watched. But, yeah, like, yeah. he's now being viewed as this first-round sort of prospect. So, mm-hmm. I, I guess, how do you think about it? that in your head of, like, okay, I know how good he is at basketball right now versus while also being smart enough to be like, oh, he, yeah, I guess he's going to get better. But it's just – being a first-round pick or a lottery pick, like, that's that's massive. I yeah, mean. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of a layered conversation, honestly, because he's got a – I think he's got a decent ceiling. I think Teo's strength is he's so – he's almost like a Midwest guard. Teo, okay. Like, so Te- saying yeah, Theo yeah, wrong so I should, yeah, Teo. <laughs> I mean, I said Theo, too. Yeah, but yeah. yeah Teo, he, uh, he's like a Midwest – like a Mike Conley-ish type guard where yeah. I think he's pretty – That's I think that's his ceiling. He's very, you know, solid. He's not going to do anything fancy. Mm-hmm. Gonna hopefully make the right decision, get in the lane, right. you know, do little things. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to look at him, and sometimes it's hard to be like, damn, when I was eighteen, was I that good? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I could, you know, I feel like when I was eighteen, I could play with him. But I mean, it's he's really good, and you're just excited for him more than anything, especially when he becomes your teammate. And then it, it's, some of it's got to be like the physicality, right? Where he's, he's like. You know, he's got the like six nine wingspan sort of thing yeah. at, the, at the point guard. He's super light right now. I'm listed at like one seventy four yeah, 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 or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so you kind of like you got to kind of picture how he fills out in that sort of body. Or how something. he fills out, and then also, I think uh, our I think he kind of had a disservice with our team. We played a Wisconsin ish style <laughs> in uh, in, in Euroleague, which okay. I think does not suit him. He's, I don't yeah. think that suits a whole lot of people. I, I actually get mad when people say Wisconsin was a good fit for me. Too. I'm like, uh, whatever. It worked out, though. Sure. But, um, yeah, no, I think when he gets to the NBA and the game opens up, you're going to see he's got, a, he's got a burst of speed that he, doesn't really get, he didn't really get to show with us. Sure. And I think he's more athletic. Like you see Killian Hayes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys watched. He's out there dunking. And, right. and Teo's got that. There just wasn't much space for him to do that within right. our offense, and we didn't play fast. So, so was, my thing with, with Teo is he's 18, right? So yeah. he would be essentially either just finishing his freshman year or going into his freshman year yeah, of, turn, of college. 19 in June. Okay, so, so he would he so would be yeah, a, he'd so be a freshman yeah. in college. So depends on what he wanted. He could be. Right. Yeah, I would think like to make it senior. easier in our heads to like 
compare him to an American, would he yeah. have been like a Duke, Kentucky, Kansas type of guard? Or would he have been, because you said he's like a Midwest guard. So where yeah. would he have fallen like a year ago from now, if he was an American, where would he have played in college? Would he have gone anywhere he wanted or? See, that to me, that's where it gets layered for Because it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's ho- so hard to say, like, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but is he from Minnesota? Is he from Minneapolis? Is he from California? Is yeah. he from Florida, D.C.? Yeah. Go down the rabbit hole. It, uh, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. right. if he, so for me, it's like I look at a guy like Ricky Rubio and Teo, or just Teo. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's from Los Angeles, I don't know that he's so good where it's like, damn, Kentucky's coming across the country to get sure. him. Because how many colleges recruit nationally? Most recruit regionally. Yeah. Uh, 95% of them recruit regionally. Um, so I don't think if he's from California, he's going to Duke or Kentucky. Um, I think if he's from Minneapolis or Wisconsin, he could go to Michigan State probably. But if he, even if um, he's a lottery pick from California, you don't, don't think he's going to? I, I'm saying I don't know that he'd be a lottery pick. Gotcha. Okay. If he's from California. I think some of the a biggest advantage for some of those European guys are being in Europe. You know, they're the. I think it helps and hurts them. It helps them that you know they get all this exposure as the best player at their age. But I think it also hurts them because I don't think they really face the competition that a lot of American guys face, and they don't have to go through that gauntlet of you know. Seeing, you know, LeBron, you see guys here like Lenny Cook, a guy like Lenny Cook doesn't even make it to the Most people don't know who that is, but LeBron's playing against him every day like he's chasing him. Um, so I think it's just, it's hard to say where he would go. Um, but I also think that's why you see a lot of European guys struggle when they get over here because they're just not used to that. I don't want to say competitiveness, but they just don't see It's hard to adjust to that. Yeah. And Americans, a lot of these dudes are coming from situations where it's not really the best situation. And they're, they're really, like, they need this for X, Y, Z to help out, whether it's their family or just – it's just Hungry, a different yeah. – yeah, it's just a different mindset. Whereas, you know, a guy like Rubio, Teo, they're already put on this pedestal mm. when maybe they shouldn't quite be on that pedestal yet. So do you think so, he's a point guard? Like, is that his – Um, Yeah, I, th- I, think he's, I, think he's a, I think he's a combo, more so one. But watching you guys, he plays off the ball. He does. F- more than I thought he would, given that he's – He's so light. Label as a point guard. Yeah, he's very light. And in fairness, our coach, uh, our coach didn't really think very highly of any of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, we, and I, so our Tony, Tony is the one who kind of put the team together. And uh, our coach, and I think, uh, I think they might have been at odds a little bit with who came and who didn't. Mm. But uh, so I think Teo wasn't always put in the most advantageous situation. Uh, to succeed, sure. or kind of not even succeed, just to show his game and show the things he could do. Right, even if it's just systematic. Like, yeah, like he's probably going to be playing in the ne- in the NBA next year in a system that's extremely different than how you guys play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, night and day. It's not gonna. Be, it's not gonna be close. So you said Mike Connolly. Is there anybody like practicing with him and playing with him and being his teammate for the last year? Is there anybody yeah. like you would compare him to, like the way he plays? And. A guy I'm trying to think off the top of my head. What about mm. Shea Gilgis Alexander? Mm, I think Shea's a little more shifty. Obviously, well, obviously, there's is like, com- well, you use Mike Conley, so we're, yeah. we're talking about like ceiling ish sort of if he figures it out, sort of. Yeah, I think he could. I, oof. no, it's fair. I mean, it's yeah, it's I don't know. That's tough. I, I think mean, Shea's I think also sh- like the shiftiest. One of the shiftiest guys right. in the league. I so. think when I watch him, mm-hmm. which is not a ton, uh, admittedly, I think he's a multi-time all-star so, so the I reason, think it could be so. I, I think I think it will be too and and yeah. so the, the reason I, I've thought about him like this is because I I think being as Teo is he might be light but he does 
six four, six five, six nine wingspan. Like I think he could play play alongside another point guard. Yes. And and you think about over these past two years, like teams are starting to play like three point guard lineups. And specifically like the Clippers last year, right? When they were like they went Shea, Lou Williams, Pat Bev, they went like three point guards at a time. And now in OKC this year, you got Shea playing with CP three right. and uh, also Dennis Schroeder. Right. So it's like so I guess that's the reason when I'm picturing like the the role he might fit into, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I know exactly like, what you say. Yeah. I I actually try to do it that way too, not try to compare like yeah games so much, but more like career archetype sure. archetype to try and you know like and I I would use Tyus as an example. Yeah, Jones um or Terry Rozier. I think Tao would be best suited getting drafted by the Timberwolves. Right. I know you mentioned it might be weird because they have D'Lo. But I think, you know, as Teo gets better defensively, he's putting him side by side with D'Lo. Sure. And especially early on, allowing him to kind of adjust to the game and adjust mm-hmm. to the speed, the mentality. I think that will benefit Teo more so. Maybe not the Wolves so much. I don't know right. if it's a good fit. I mean, you would know way better. But um, I think that that's the type of situation Teo needs to be in. You know, Terry Rozier to Boston sure. when Kyrie is there. I got, a, let him, so. a, ra- I got a random question about Teo. Can he – how good is he going left? Ah, uh, man, neither one of them dudes are that good going to the weekend. Well, yeah. I was gonna, well, Killian is obvious. Well, lefties, I feel like, are always put in, like, a separate category. But, like, yeah. watching that game, like, he never goes left. Tail. Every ball screen yeah. is going, him going right. Well, and, and again, that's partly our co- our coach would get mad if we went ball screens going to the left. Or, okay. And he was like, oh, we need everybody to go to the right. Okay. Go to the, it's like. The, it was just like a random. A random what is, like, the. I mean, clearly you disagree with that. But, like, <laughs> what is the logic behind that? Like. Like, I've always because you see that like you see that lots of teams do that like yeah. they prioritize a, a strong side versus a weak side. I don't. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he thinks very highly of us. <laughs> That's a lot. We had a play that was, okay, it was called right. three, and we ran it. It only ran it to one side of the floor, and apparently their logic was that you know it just he's ran it for years and it never worked going the other way. Like and six it, honestly, basketball. it was yeah. uh, it's a pass cut handoff and a pocket pass, a high pick and roll, middle yeah. pick and roll with a pocket pass with the, the four man or five man in the dunker, yeah. two guys in the corner. So it wasn't complex, <laughs> but, but apparently it never, it never worked going the other way. But right. you know, tail actually tail's not bad. He's actually solid going left, finishing left. I think he needs to work on, but right. getting to his left hand, he always goes left and he'll shoot it right. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, like you say, he's 18 years old. So yeah, well, what do you what do you see with that just in the kids that you're coaching and like I mean that that would be a freshman on on your team I mean, obviously different different level of play but there is a progression of like yeah. your skills <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is how raw is an 18 year old well you I know, think I think that's what's hard I think two things one they're obviously like you talk about Jordan being 30 and him being 18 like that's a big gap like he's got a long yeah. time to improve the second thing to that is a guy as good as somebody like Teo has been able to do whatever he's wanted for growing up. So yeah. he's never needed to go left because mm-hmm. he was good enough just sure. using his right hand, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, so but that's going to that's gonna be day one. Like day, his first – he's going to check into the, his first NBA game next yeah. year. And he's going to – yeah, he's going to push And I, I mean, being a teenager, he's got a lot of – you know, a lot of time to get yeah. better. And I mean, I think it just depends on your philosophy with that. Cause some guy, I, Chris Paul's not that good going left, honestly. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he's right. better than Teo, but sure. again, yeah. age, but Chris Paul is, he's so good going right. Doesn't he doesn't really have to go left. Right. Sure. But he also, Chris Paul is one of the best ball handlers <laughs> in the world yeah. as well. Yeah. Right, right. But, um, you know, it, you know, it just, it just depends on the situation and you know, a lot of variables that go. So, how, how is he like personality wise? Like, that's a good question. Yeah. He's, uh, 
he's kind of like reserved. Um, once you get to know him, he's at, he's hilarious. He's one of those dudes who like be sneak dissing you, like yeah. <laughs> but it's funny as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. like, but he's just kind of quiet with it. So once you get to know him, and he starts to open up. Honestly, from the time I met him to now, he's gotten way less shy. I think part of that's been like just his confidence and yeah. his mental, and that would be honest, up a year in his life. Yeah, too. <laughs> like right, like honestly, a seventeen-year-old yeah. kid with a bunch of yeah. grown men all the time. I mean, yeah. I would say stuff because I don't shut up ever. <laughs> I'm loud, so. Yeah. But you know, for him, you could kind of see him come out of his shell more and more. Um, the more I got to know him, um, and then as far as like his work, I've never seen anybody at that age, American or French, like he's in the gym. Mm-hmm. He's in the gym smartly not all the time yeah like he'll go in the gym for an hour and a half a day and then go do weights for 45 minutes and it's every day <laughs> like every he work he works hard i think i remember you so last year context you played with sakoda boya yeah, yeah yeah um on on your team it was this exact same sort of thing like yeah. 18 year old projected as a first round pick you went 15th to detroit but i think i think i remember hearing you say something like that too is like yeah. that's why you believed in him was because you saw at 18 years old, like he knows what it takes work-wise. To, to be, be able to, to be fair, there's not much else to do in Limoges. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts at all. Nah, nothing. Okay, I, right. You go to the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like it's coronavirus like lockdown. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. Grocery store. Yeah. I went to the grocery store every day. Same. I was the same way. It was like what yeah, I look yeah. forward to. <laughs> Talking about fish in the fish market yeah. with people who don't speak your language. That's <laughs> what you do for fun. So, but awesome. no, yes. I mean, I think they're different in the like. Seku would go in the gym. And he'd just be like shooting half court shots. Something he would work. Okay, so maybe it was the opposite thing. It was. It was. It was like I remember. So you did. You did yeah. uh, Doogie's podcast, and I feel yeah. like I remember you. I think that's where I have this in my head from you saying yeah. something about him. But anyway. Se- Sekou wants to want. I mean, and Sekou obviously he did well this year. Um, yeah. But Sekou at the time, same time he wanted to be good. I don't think Sekou really knew how to work. Uh, I think I Teo. I try to like. Um, I don't. I don't normally like doing this, but I kind of put. They're kind of opposites in the terms of like. Uh, Say you got Minneapolis, I would say their their personalities like uh I like where this is going. So say like. cool say cool probably would be more like a city kid and Tay would probably be more like a suburb kid. Hmm. To be honest. Just their personalities. Like okay. and I don't want to make that sound like bad or anything, but it's no, I, like, I think that's like Tao is just a little more it's the same um, thing as a player archetype. It's a personality archetype. Yeah, right. And I think Tao's just a little more like refined at this age. Like okay. Tao Teo is really, you know, he's about it. He knows what to say. He's, you know, if he gets an interview, he's going to be solid in the interview. Sekou is wild. <laughs> Sekou is a wild. I love Sekou. He's hilarious. Right. He's a wild dude. That man used to be talking about, you know, putting together his first album once he got to the league. And I'm just like, bruh, <laughs> score a couple points first, man. <laughs> like, just wait. <laughs> but let me get a feature when it's, when it's ready. <laughs> so. Um, I have a question. This we can kind of use this to, to bridge into to Killian. Um. What I like to do when I don't know a prospect from whatever is like I wanna I wanna understand physically what they how they measure so as to be able to picture because I'm like you I don't want to like give them a specific oh this is what their player comp but I like a physical comp yeah. to be able to like understand you know what that guy might look like at the next level and it's like when we were talking about Anthony Edwards or I didn't do that one with you but when I was thinking about that it's like all right this dude's 225 pounds at 18 years old. So, so yeah, he's like 6'5", not that tall, 6'9", wingspan. That's not necessarily like tall and lanky or anything, but, but then you, you kind of break it down for other guys who are like way 225 and you are able to like, when they came into the league at their combine, right. you know, to sort of just 
to, to picture it. I, I guess in my, my question to you, and who knows if you even know the answer, but yeah, am, right. <laughs> am I leading myself down a wrong path by beginning kind of the, the process there? I think you were kind of with me, right, Will? Well, it just helps like visualize what they're going to look like on the court. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna skills in. aside, like what do they physically look like sure. amongst other NBA players? Right. Yeah, where they, I guess yeah, where they're going to fit in. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> man, that's hard. Uh, I guess – Shea, SGA would be a good one for tail. I'd say, so I, I got some. I got some for tail. Let me read them off. Yeah. All right. Anthony Simons, 6'3", 6'9", 183. I think that one kind of would make sense in the context of like the whole multi-guard thing I was talking about before. Yeah. Um, De'Aaron Fox is kind of like that size. DeLon Wright's a little bit taller than him. Um, Zach Levine was super light. So this is their, this is their sizes when these dudes came in. Is this is this just a size or no, is this, this a is, physical thing too, like uh, how they move as well? Or? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm just, just I'm size. going straight up. Like I went to the objectively, combine thing. Like, okay, okay, yeah, okay. like yeah, like Anthony Simons is six three six nine one eighty three. He was at his combine yep. when he was nineteen years old. Okay. and Teo is listed at six four six eight and a half one seventy five. Okay, so that's like basically the same. What as you like if yeah. it's a, a sculpture? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so there's a a lot Simply of different things in, yeah. in there, but I think, I think it's helpful for me to be able to picture like, Oh, you know, you are only 175 pounds or your wingspan only is six, six. Like when we're talking about Obi Toppin, that's a better example. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, this, cause me and Will both think he's a five mm-hmm. or like, he's like six eleven wingspan, yeah. two twenty, like mm-hmm. six, seven, six, eight without shoes. Like that's yeah. that it can, it, you know, it can, I guess I think I can let it paint me into a corner sometimes, but then sometimes I yeah. think it's, it's helpful too. So maybe it's just a balance. Yeah. I, you know what? I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like I'm the be- wrong person because I have, I'm bad at that for one reason. And it's because my high school teammate, he was Armand Battle. He's yeah. six, seven, probably a hundred in high school. He's probably like at 17, probably like 180 mm-hmm. pounds. But the dude will go down there and play like a dog. <laughs> he played like, sure. sometimes we play like a five man. Sometimes we play like a two so and we talked to, about that a little bit. La- like the, our question last week was like, does it matter? It might matter a lot. It might not matter at all. So we're trying to like yeah. f- figure out what I, you know, I think it's just, I think the skill set comes more into play than actual, than actual measurables in basketball. Sure. And I think football, I think that's why they do that in football. I think it plays more of a role. Right. Um, well, and, and two, it's like, all right, so you're getting weighed, <laughs> weighed when you're 18. Yeah. Like for you, you're, I pulled yours up. You're six six two in shoes, six three wingspan. Oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah. At, at, is that the combine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'm going and, combine then. <laughs> and uh, one one ninety two. So, but that would have been like when you were, well, you would have been older because you were four years at. I was twenty two. Like twenty two yep. years old. So, yep. what do you think you weighed when you went to Wisconsin? Know what I weighed when I went to Wisconsin? I was one eighty three. You ten pounds. About ten pounds, yeah. But I was always kind of like I wasn't big, but I was always just. There wasn't really much to fill yeah. out right. uh, on my frame. Um, Similar measurables to Cole Anthony. Yeah, minus 10. What does Cole Anthony do at, uh, what was his vertical? Uh, I could pull it up. What was yours? Mine, <laughs> probably standing, was probably uh, I don't know if 30. that comes up on the, the combine thing. I just, okay, so like here's Standing what, was 33 and approach, it was like 37 and a half or something like that. In the... I think heights and weights and everything, this is just like a stupid pet peeve, but like in basketball, this is dumb. We mm-hmm. do, we do height without shoes. We do height with shoes. 
we then we just don't even lie. We just lie about it, right? Like, and so it's like I think if if we're right and it actually matters a little bit to like forecasting players and stuff and positions, then it's like why the hell do we not like? Why don't guys just have to come to camp the first day, right? And be like, hey, stick your arms out right. or measure them. Why do we do it scale. with shoes? I, I dude, why do you do it without shoes? Because the shoes can be different. Like the dude, only yes. way to yeah, make it. I'm with Will, but you're gonna play with shoes. On. I get this that. Is the difference, dude. <laughs> but people like, are gonna, no, people no. are gonna wear different shoes for the combine, and it's, you're it gonna makes wear, a difference because yours. We'll pull it up. The we'll only way to up. make it like objectively equal is just to go. Nobody wears shoes. So it's like Kaminsky. So Kaminsky, I looked his up. He he was only wearing shoes that were gave him one inch yeah. on, on his height, whereas like most guys are like one point seven five or yeah. two inches on theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now now Kaminsky's labeled at seven foot. Yeah. When if he was wearing Kobe's, he'd be listed at seven foot. You know, that's like a difference. I think yeah, it is in, in, in perception. It doesn't actually matter. It doesn't because there's always <laughs> like what's the difference between six eleven and there is this yeah. weird thing too, where it's like if you're seven feet. It, I feel like you will make more money than if you're like six ten. Like it's, and that's and it's what like NBA.com has your height. Listen, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a stupid. It is. And I just feel like there's so many there's so many people that kind of contradicts uh, <laughs> like the playing type with you know what I'm saying that your size you're six yeah. eight two fifty you're supposed to play like this. Yeah. Whereas your Charles Barkley and LeBron James sure. are probably the two biggest. I was listening at six set. two in high school and six foot in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, that's my, that's my point. You're making my point. This is just, okay. So this is you. You were, oh, you only had one inch shoes on. So I was tripping. Up. I was tripping. Six one without shoes, six Should've two inch shoes. put those orthotics in there. <laughs> I was saying, I feel, like it makes, I feel like it makes a difference. You know, I do think there are certain measurables that you look at that really actually matter. And mm-hmm. the, for me, the one is probably, or the not the one, probably the two or three. I'll look at your vertical jump uh, and I'll look at your wingspan. Right. And after that, I don't think. How, right. impo- how important do you guys think vertical jump is? You guys be able to speak to that better than I would. Yeah, there's another there's another column here, body fat percentage. I think that one probably matters. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, there was a dude. Um, I don't know if you remember Will Buford from yeah. Ohio State. And man, he was if he would have came out his freshman year, he was like Rodney. He would have, but he was. I think he was more skilled than Rodney. He would have came out freshman year. He probably would have been a lottery pick. Six foot five in shoes. Six and nine was, and a half wingspan. What, what was his body weight? Uh, his body fat body was fat. 11.3. But so I don't know That's, if you remember that. Will. Will was coming into school. I've known Will since he was like 14. He's always been a lanky dude. And well, This I, is like literally double everybody else. And that was, that was my year. And I remember seeing, I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you always been like this slender, lanky dude. And now you low-key look fat. And I'm He just literally like, was that the third highest body fat percentage in the whole and draft. Yeah, and he was a shooter scoring like three-man. Like, yeah. you can't come into the combine like that. Man. It's literally – it's. <laughs> Draymond Green, that's the exact same body fat percentage as Draymond Green. Yeah, and but then you see Draymond slim down some now. Yeah. And it's like I right. wonder what his is now. But um, right, right. Um, yeah. All right. So so for with Killian, I think that I think we, okay, we'll agree that it matters at maybe certain positions because I, I think when we're talking about Obi Toppin and we're like, oh, if you got to play five, mm-hmm. it's gonna make a difference if you're six eight. Or if you have a six eleven wingspan versus a seven three wingspan, yeah, like that's gonna that's gonna make somewhat of a difference. I, point guard, other certain spots doesn't really matter. I think it kind of would matter for Killian Hayes. His size, it's nice that his size is like six five, so that he can play, so that he can guard twos. Yep, I, and and I, I think that's what it seems like he'll be able to. Well, do. Well, what's his wingspan again? 
He's 6'9", 6'5", 6'9". This is, so Teo was 6'4", 6'8 and a half, and Killian is 6'5", 6'5", 6'8", 215. Okay. Six, five. That's, Does, that's who is that? 6'5", 6'8", that's Killian? That's Killian. That's Killian, and Teo's 6'4", 6'8". Eight and a half. Eight and a half. To okay. me, to me, Killian looks like significantly bigger than. Well, it's because according Taylor. to this, and and oh, so here's a whole other thing is like, where the hell are these numbers coming from that I'm yeah. getting them? Because this isn't a combine number. This is yeah. just the internet says. I'd be curious yeah, to see Killian what the is. combine if they have. I mean, who knows? That's what, that's what I honestly because, think. Oh, just watching them on tape, Killian looks like a, at least two, maybe three inches taller, and well, like, and I, and I think that has to do with the way he plays. Maybe more. So like uh, I think that's where your uh, playing style comes into play. Yeah. It makes uh, it's it. Deceiving. Like, yeah. I think Charles Barkley looks like he's about six seven, <laughs> six eight, until you realize he's yeah. like six two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or six right. four, whatever he yeah. is. Right. But so I think again, I think your playing style matters more. And to answer your question about uh how much does vertical jump matter, I think honestly wingspan is the most important thing. I would agree with that. It's just like all right, if like from I use myself if I had a six eight wingspan, my game would look completely different. Yeah. Why? If I had a what, six but, but like, in what ways do you think it would? Because I think when I got around the rim, I'd be able to finish and yeah, maneuver right. different ways, and probably play more so. I'm, I don't know about above the rim, but at the rim for sure, sure rather than below the rim. Right. You know, passing lanes, deflections. You sure. Know, even playing zones, and mm-hmm. you know, as a point guard, and you come off the, you come off a ball screen, and you know, you got to throw a weak side pass cross court to the sure. to the guy in the corner. It looks a whole lot different when I'm standing back there than if you put, you know, even a guy like even Tail, who's yeah. maybe two inches taller than me, but his wingspan yeah. is, you know, six inches more. And if he just puts his arms like this, it makes yeah. you think, yeah, you know, for an extra second about that pass. Right. So um, it just, and again, like you said, it just looks, he just looks bigger, even if he's not. I think, I think to to use a, a Wolves example with Killian, well. <laughs> He's lefty, so like you read anything about him, you're gonna see a James Harden comp because he's lefty and he's taking step backs. He drives to the basket. He's gonna get compared to Manu. Um, and then I think another one is just kind of he's kind of like got that like slower get to the like bucket and work from the middle, mid range sort of deal like D'Lo, who's also lefty. But I think I think normally we like stereotype by handedness. I feel like yeah, in this case sure. it kind of works. Yeah, like, no, for Killian, you mean? Yeah, yeah like kind of, sure. it kind of does work. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And when I watched he, uh, hey man, another Tyrese Rice, like those type of dudes, if they start going right, it's like, damn, can you even go that way? Like it's Killian weird. slows down when he goes right. Like, so I'm not even like every time you know it's yeah, coming, it's, it's a yeah. step back. All right, <laughs> like which is cool. He's good yeah. at it. But it's like at some point, I don't know if he's going to be as proficient as those guys were comparing him to at For doing sure. those things. So if you're going to play like that, um, you better be really proficient at at your strengths. The one thing that talking to my the writer over there that I know well, he said, and I don't know what exactly this means or how much weight we should put behind it, but the last like four or five months, Killian has taken like an unbelievable step up. Like last year at this time, he was good, but not like maybe not a first round pick. And now he's like, well, KOC had him as the number yeah, one overall that? pick. You see that Jordan? Who has the number one, what yeah, number one overall Killian pick in what? He's number one. Kevin O'Connor from the ringer has a number of what? Killian is his number one on his big board of what? Of it's the NBA? Yes. Of the draft? Like yeah. to the Warriors? Like whoever gets the number one pick? Yeah. Here, well, it's he, yeah like Ooh. his rankings. Killian and has, I don't know. I mean, he's one he's of big the drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I but, like but, him, okay. Here's the, Hold Here's on, the you thing, don't, though. I don't. I don't. I'm with you. I don't think he's the. Top. I don't. For me, I think it's it's Anthony Edwards. And it's not close. But but this draft does not have a ton of like high. Sorry, it's not end deep, right? Talent. Well, 
I don't know if it's deep or doesn't have a lot of like top guys. I think what Kevin's doing, who I actually respect, I think what he's doing is it's in a draft where there's like not a clear number one. Yeah. He's like kind of finding like a hipster pick. Yeah, where it's okay. like, oh, I'm going to pull the dude out of – Yeah, okay. I Ooh. think that's what he's doing too. I think Killian's really good, but I think he's kind of taking a chance like if he actually is the best player in this draft and he's going to look really good by predicting yeah. this. Which is like dumb because Kevin doesn't need – he's like already one of the main – NBA, dude. I don't know. You know what? He, he doesn't need to do anything he like that. Do, he doesn't need to do that. To <laughs> We're talking about like Obi's weight. Yeah. Killian Hayes, if this is accurate, is five pounds lighter than Obi. That's what I'm. Too, Which I don't know. I'm too into this height, weight, weight wingspan. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it honestly bothers me with some of these guys because it's like oh, I don't know. Like Obi Toppin does not look like he weighs 220 pounds to me. That dude oh, looks, he looks like bigger. a brick. But what am I supposed to do? They, then they they show you. You asked for it. They sent me the Nike from like Nike camp this summer, whatever the Nike thing. He got measured and it's like 220. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's so, so which, maybe it doesn't I, matter. Maybe that's the whole thing. It just doesn't matter. Which of these I, two I mean, do you think fits better on the Wolves? Like if Jordan. Oof. On the Wolves today? Do either. I got to be honest with you. I'm not like the. Biggest well, Wolves no. Let's guy, just say, let's just say the Wolves. Whatever, throw everyone else out. Yeah. Let's say, <laughs> you have a team. You have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, two players who I'm sure you're familiar with. Yep, like, what what are you wanting to add to that team, or is it a good idea to add a second lead ball handler, which Teo or Killian would be, or are you prioritizing you know a more traditional wing power forward that sort of deal but now they got who they got uh what's uh Beasley too who Beasley's I like nice. he's nice he's really nice um but he's a free agent who do they, who are the Wolves big men right now who do they have Juancho Hernan Gomez is, was they traded for him with Beasley from Denver and then they got Nas Reed put kind of, he was undrafted but played actually a lot this year improved got in better shape i mean the Wolves are a are a blank slate yeah, as always. Carl, Carl Towns makes it so hard. He's such a wild card. Like I don't know. He's yeah. obviously really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the guy. I mean, with D'Lo here now, hopefully it makes him look even better. I just I don't know if I'm sold on him as a guy to win a championship. Just sure. from the things I've seen and like heard, I don't know if he really has that personality to be able to do that. Right, I'm with him. Um, but with him here, that's the thing. I'm saying this is who you got. Like, yeah. Man, I think with Malik Beasley, if you bring him back, he's so I think he's so versatile. Like he can handle it a little bit, right? Sure. And uh, I think you gotta go with a big, like a rim protector. Just Carl Towns just it, floats around still totally. so much. And what, what's really frustrating for me with that is I'm with you. Like I think if you were building a team more traditionally, you go get a rim protector. You, you maybe quote throw throw Capella like a Capella next to him right. and then slide slide Cat to the four. Reality of the situation is Gerson Rosas is putting this team together. He's from Houston. Right. Like, people, I was saying to you last week, Will, it's like people don't even, because the Wolves are, have been trash. Yeah. Like, they don't even really know what's going on here. Like, they're doing the same thing Houston is doing. It's just they don't get any exposure because they're bad. Right. Like, this team, they're not going to get it, put another big next to Cat. They're like, going to go with the small ball approach, which is, yeah. I'm not so sold on the small ball approach. I just yeah. don't, I, in general, I don't think that little people win titles. So I think you have to have, your best player has to be at least, in my opinion, at least six, seven, six, eight. Right. And then, like, I, I, I like the Lakers, the way they were put together this year. I like that model of a team. They're really big, um, they're athletic. 
LeBron and Anthony Davis. LeBron, a guy like JaVale McGee. No, like but that Wiseman. was a bold move to go yeah. to go with, JaVale and Dwight when you already have AD. Right. You said, okay, AD, you're you're a power forward. We're not. Yeah. And what it and Carl Towns kind of I think needs to play more like that AD. I mean. Right. The problem is, I don't even think AD's the guy who can win as the best player on his team. Sure, sure. So it's like, it's just. So, so how many hard. guys in the league can win as the best? Because it's, in five, my opinion, it's five or less. Yeah. If AD if that, can't, then it's like LeBron, that, Kawhi, I don't, KD probably. I, I don't know. Can KD, like, KD would fit into the dudes who I think could, but just KD never did. KD never really. I mean, it's not, get a, past one, the it's Warriors. not a one person thing, though. Yeah. You know, like, that's why, that's why I. It's the best player on the team, not by yourself, you know. Right. So if KD has a guy, and maybe Kyrie is this, and I'm skeptical, but like if he has a guy who's 90 percent of him, then yeah, a team KD could win a championship. No, that was the question though. Who? Yeah. How many players can be the best Old player? KD. Like, yeah. How many guys can be the best player and win? Uh, I say like Giannis, LeBron, uh, KD. Well, Kawhi. Kawhi. Ka- <laughs> I'm still not sold on that because I still haven't seen it. I've seen Kawhi beat a banged-up Warriors team. No way. I don't care who okay, right. is telling. There is no chance in anywhere, in a, no way that they beat the Warriors if KD. When KD played a half, they were getting beat by 15 at home. Like, <laughs> what the about Warriors would have drubbed What them. about he w- was he the best player when, when he won MVP at the Spurs? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I think he was still – in that series, I think TP was still probably sure. – uh, well, I guess that's my whole point. It's but like, they still had Duncan what are we, too. Like what Duncan. are we even doing? Because it's not. It, it's it's <laughs> to win a championship unless you have MJ or LeBron. You're doing it with a team like of three, four guys who are who are really good. So it's all, I, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like you're talking have, in circles. Yeah, let's just say it's a layered <laughs> conversation. Like you were yeah. gonna say, it's like yeah. it's 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 hard to do. I think with Cat, like I. I Never going to argue with you or anybody else on that point there because it's like, yeah, probably not. We can't even name four dudes, but you are the Timberwolves right now. He's your best player. So you don't just like, you don't just say, well, we don't have LeBron. So let's, right. like, let's just blow it up. Like you try to see if he can ascend to maybe the AD level, right. get him the help that he needs, which is maybe D'Angelo Russell. I'm skeptical about that. Yeah. You know, and, and then one of these guys hits, you know, you, you get an Anthony Edwards and he turns into being a guy or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe Kevin O'Connor's right. And Killian Hayes is the next James Harden. Now you, you drafted him eighth overall and you got your guy, like basically if you're the wolves, you need that. I mean, for lack of a better term, you gotta get lucky. Yeah. I mean, cat, cat is the, he fits the mold of the guy you want to have. It's just, is he going to, you're right. <laughs> right. Is he gonna Is he going to turn into that? And I mean, I don't like knocking anybody like, like yeah. he's what? 20. Four. How old is he? 24. Yeah. So, no, he's like, and and I don't I don't mean this in in any sort of disrespect, but I to him he's still he's like a young twenty four I think mentally, yeah. and just from that's from my interaction with him like an he's he's legit like a really good guy yeah um but he you know to to take your your suburb versus city thing yeah yeah, yeah. like he probably get mad if I said this to his face but I think he's more where we're talking about personality archetype he's more suburb than he is city right and. Yeah, I mean, I and I'm not I'm not pretending that me and him are best friends or anything, but I've talked to him right many times. Right, and you know, it's just it's personality types. And what I think is interesting with Carl is that's not going to change. He's not going to turn into a city. Right, he he just isn't like that's not who he is. And and if 
I, I, you might say I'm, I'm more sub. I grew up in, I grew up in Hopkins. Yeah, I grew up in I a mean, suburb. All like, of us for yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> so it's like whatever you, you are, what you are, and that's what my frustration is when people come at Cat, is they're like attacking who he is as a person. It's like you can't, you can't fucking change that. Like right. that's who you are, and he's got to work to be the best version of suburban Carl Anthony Towns. Right. Whatever that, however we want to label it. Right. Which he, I don't think he's done yet, but it's like. Which it's also not fair to him, like you said, because like, how many people really know what the hell they're doing at 24? Exactly. It's like at 24, exactly. oh, man. Not to even mention a whole other massive like life turn for him right now. Uh, like you, you have to grow up in a world. You have to grow up really fast. Mm-hmm. The NBA is hard. You have to grow up really fast in a world where they don't really. It doesn't really promote. Yeah. Uh, natural. I don't. It's like natural growth. Like you're not really. Yeah. You're not really learning same type of responsibility when you have that much money and that much freedom it's just you can't it's hard like i feel and, like and just it's the, hard for me overseas you make a you make good money and it's like you're buying you can i mean not obviously not as much as nba guys but you can literally go do whatever you want which you know you can buy stuff you can you know it's just it's not normal it's unnatural i think so it's hard to particularly at 24 years particularly yeah, at 24 it's like so i mean 27 27 whatever something might flick or switch for him See, um, that's what I always say. That, that's what you're hope, holding on hope for. Right. Is right. It does, that does happen because, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel, Will, you and I have talked about this before. It's like there came a time in our lives where you, like, stop, we'd stop like, being young 20-year-olds and you're like, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta have a, like, a, I got to be thinking about what's next. And I don't know. I think it happens for different people and you turn into, like, a professional person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think – that happens at different ages for different people. And I don't even think you can really impact that. It just well, like happens. It's so, like, oh man, it's, I feel like it, it is just a natural, like LeBron and MJ, I think you see like MJ and they talked about how he went in the room and guys were smoking, guys were, yeah. and he just left the room. He was 21. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm MJ and I go in that room, I'm yeah. having a good time. I'm grabbing a couple of girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I might, I might take the joint. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And yeah. then that is, I'm still going to go work. But it's like, yeah. do those little things, is him not smoking yeah. and not doing that stuff, like that natural thing that he has in his head because he realized the opportunity he has, is that the small difference between him being MJ? What do they, yes. what, what do they yeah. label that that crew? The, uh, the coke, traveling cocaine brigade. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, <laughs> and and LeBron, like, I think LeBron has that, maybe not as much as MJ, but I think he understands, like, you know. I think LeBron has that. Yeah, like he, it's it's hard to to when your life's really good. It's hard to be like, damn. Well, dude, like, do I want to put in all this work when I can have a good? I'm 22. I still want to have a good time. But sometimes yeah. you got to say no to that good time, and you know, make a responsible, quote unquote, responsible decision. That's hard for it's a 24 year old. Well, I know hard. you you worked at Kobe's camp, and so you're around you're around Kobe. Um, have you ever been Jordan? You've been around LeBron before. I've been around LeBron. Yeah, when I was younger. It's like, and th- this is, you guys were around him in a basketball concept context where I was around him in a media context. But like, for me, you know, I'm in media scrums all the time. And it's, it, at this point for me, it's, it's normal. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, it can be whatever. Carl Anthony Towns, like he's famous. That, that doesn't, that doesn't like get in my head at all. But I know for me, when I've been there, like a couple of times I've been around LeBron, and maybe it's just, I, I was like, okay, this is, I'm kind of like feeling a little shaky and just like the way he carries himself. And then I'm looking around the whole rest of the group and there's these dudes who've been doing this for like 20, 
30 years. I've been doing it for two years, and they're all the same as me, like all like shaky. Like LeBron carries this authority mm-hmm. sort of with him, you know, <clears throat> yep. where I don't even know what that is. I mean, it's respect, but it's like just something that he like earned and is like very Kobe conscientious. Had that. Yeah. Of Kobe way. Had yeah. that and I would sure. imagine that Kobe would I don't think it. Kobe had that right away. And I think I've heard Kobe kind of talk about like Kobe was – Kobe had like that dog where he's like, all right, I want to be the best player. I want to be this. I want to be like MJ, obviously. But I don't think Kobe had that like that mental capacity right away to figure out how to make a team work and how to and maybe LeBron didn't drive either. a team. I'm I, talking about like 30, you know, I've been around LeBron in his 30s. Yeah. So that's, that switch we were talking about has yeah. flipped at that point. So maybe. And I was, see, around, I, I was around Kobe in his 30s. And it's more like. Yeah off the court like when they walk into a room like there's a lot of guys to your point where you're kind of like oh that's cool that's carl anthony Towns." but there are a few guys lebron jordan kobe i would say that like they, they walk into a room and everyone's like a little bit on mm. not edge but like you're yeah very aware of it and it's just an interesting it, sort of it's just it's it's interesting that you get that vibe when you're also somebody who's used to, like jordan like you're used to being around yeah. famous people all the time or you, you too will and like me in a different context, it was just, I was surprised at the way it made me feel to be yeah. around LeBron. And I felt like everybody else was that sort of way. And I think that's just like, when we were trying to talk about that little difference, like, I think that, I don't know, like, it's hard to name what that is, it, it, but, but it really it's is. that. I, th- I mean, Kobe talked about how, like in that, after Shaq left and, you know, he had like Smush Parker and all those guys and they weren't very good. And he talked about how he struggled yeah. kind of being like the leader on the team sure. and bringing guys together and how he had to work on that and like really make a team cohesive while still doing what he does. I like how you led with Smush Parker. <laughs> yeah, Smush was my favorite. Smush and Devin I, George I are my guys know, on yeah. that team. <laughs> I love them too. But like I think LeBron just always naturally had that. I, and like MJ I think had it too, but in a different way. Like, I think yeah. MJ was just so mean. Like it's like, hey, you better. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this. You better come on. Whereas LeBron seems like he's more, all right, like, let's do this all together. I think Kobe was just more, I think Kobe and Kyrie are more similar like that. Mm. I think Kobe and Kyrie both, they're so good and they're so, they're so worried about themselves early on and, you know, what they could do. And I think Kyrie's going to have to be the same where if he wants to be the best player on the team, he's going to have to figure out, like, how to push guys' buttons and do things like and, that. And to, the, to our point of, like, the 26-27, like, you know, Kyrie's been labeled as, like, a, Male content, particularly back in like Cleveland, but he was wouldn't have he been like twenty four then? Hey, like, he's baby, if yeah, that. right. Like, was he was he twenty four? I'm mean. thinking maybe he's twenty seven now. I mean, he got drafted in eleven. He was nineteen, so they yes. won in two thousand sixteen when he was twenty four. Yeah. So before that, he was twenty. He's twenty eight. Twenty two. So, yeah, just so. turned twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So back then he was twenty two, twenty three. I honestly think that's the age. I think like twenty seven. I think that's the number. Like where I mean, some people do it earlier. And you're saying just for anybody, just in, like in life, yeah, yeah, like. The way our society is just like set yeah. up, it's well, isn't it? Isn't that the thing? Like you can stay on your parents' like insurance until twenty six, twenty six, stuff like that. Yeah, well, and to me, that's like it's you watch games, like you watch you and 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 Teo play together, and it's like thirty and eighteen, like the difference of like that's incredible. And I, I think a lot of times you forget like how much life can change from eighteen to thirty. Like it's, it's well, I, I mean, know. Will you literally coach eight, eighteen year olds? Yeah. I mean, you're 20. You're and you see a us, huge, from, from the time they, they're a freshman to the time they're a senior, they change a lot. So yeah. let alone, like, by the time Kyrie's 28 now, like, it, yeah, things can change like crazy. And it's hard to predict and it's hard to, you know, 
figure out exactly who's going to change into what level. But yeah, things obviously change a ton. I think the amount of mental discipline it takes to be great is a crazy level. And I think it's hard to even really measure how much it is. But I, it's, I always say to circle back, like with the big man thing, having a big guy on your team, Kobe never won without the best or second best big man in the league on his team. Mm-hmm. As good as he was. Uh, even Pau Gasol when he was sure. there, like they lost to the Celtics because KG was probably the best big man in the league that year. And then I think Pau, like KG got hurt and I think Pau was really the best, was the best big or one of the best bigs in the league when they won. So it's just. <laughs> yeah. But, but then the, the, the counter to that is what we, we were talking about this last week. Cause before Will was watching the 2010 finals the night before we did the podcast before. And yeah. it was like, it was the Celtics who are like Celtics Lakers. And yep. it's like two bigs versus two bigs. And, and, and it just completely it's... seems like a different game. So like, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like they, he did have those two bigs, but it's like, what if they would have, what if they roll that out right now this year? And that's how does that work? Like I, yep. we can't know. I think you can make an argument for it. It's like, Oh, just be the more physical team. Yeah. Or you point to the Lakers. You're like, well, look at the Lakers. Then I think they were going to win the championship. And that's part of the reason I like, everyone likes to like talk about, who's the best player ever or the best teams ever. And it's impossible to compare <laughs> generations. Like the, the one thing in the, in the MJ doc last night that shocked me was how many like 18 footers they take. Like you talk about it, like how yeah. we shoot way more threes a day and they used but like watching those clips, like nobody would shoot that many 18 footers in today's NBA. It's okay. just like a, an unwritten rule pretty much. Well, so, you're, you're, their defenses are literally like catered towards giving up that shot. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want to give up. You'll give up, take away the rim, and take away the three point line. Literally, what the Timberwolves' entire concept is based on. I think a How lot of teams. How can we now, force as many yeah. teams into that area so that they will hopefully shoot that shot? So, I, I mean, when you're talking about the greatest of all time, I still think you could. I like breaking down like skill sets. Like guys like MJ would still be, even today, would still be taking all those mid range jumpers for sure. I think you take. You just would as take many. way more threes. I think you would take a couple more. How many threes a game do you take? Three. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I made I don't like thirty four percent of them. But that's the thing. I think he would have. He didn't like have the indicator to work on that too as much. He was like, I'm just going to get mine from the mid-range area. For sure. But I think some of the best players in the game now still take a good amount of mid-range. Some sure. of the best scores career like, like average, Kawhi. Like, career average, 1.7. Three-pointers a game? Yeah. All right. So how it go so he w- end of his career? Who did you say the other week that is taking eight a game? Uh, uh, like everyone on the Wolves, like, Bain, <laughs> Aaron Baines. Yeah, like taking, Aaron Baines. Like the second half, he was shooting like six threes like, a game or something. Yeah. How many does a guy like Kawhi take? Um, I think Kawhi would probably be like five. Five. See, I, I mean, I think MJ takes like four, five threes a game. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. You, it doesn't. Like, not everybody has to take eight. I, yeah. I think the Kawhi took five last year and six this year. Let's see career though. Four. Kawhi's so. also like pretty lethal from three. Yeah, like MJ didn't never really even shot at that. But, I, but that's the thing is MJ made 50% of his mid-range shots. Right. Which like like last year, Al Horford led the league in mid-range field goal percentage. It was 50%. Right. And Al Horford's getting wide open, pick and pop mid-range shots. Like nobody else. That's, that's, a, that's what would happen with MJ is he would be able to make more mid-range shots by than anyone a else. large like magnitude which is what Kawhi could. I mean how many shots does Kawhi take yeah. which is what Kawhi does now to a degree he still takes a good amount of mid-range jumpers Kawhi takes 20 shots a game right? particularly uh, particularly in the playoffs and that's what like so what 25% of his shots are threes yeah I just back to your point like watching that that game it's like 
it's way different. And it, it yeah, was in for sure. 2010, which isn't I mean, it's <laughs> 10 years ago. 10 years ago now, but doesn't feel all that yeah. long ago that like KG and Kobe were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy how different it is. Well, that's a, I was talking to John Lure, and he was talking about how Stan Van Gundy, I think that year that the Magic went to the finals was like 09. I think they took the most threes in the league. Yeah. And I think they took like 15 less threes than the last place. Or than yeah, the last place. Right. Team yeah. Now, so. it's, yeah. Like Rashard Lewis, Hato Turkoglu. Yeah, like all those do you guys think that ever yeah. comes back? Like, do you think there's ever a point where, like. Well, that, I was saying in the beginning, it's a rule change. You, you would need to change the rules in a way, I think. Or does that back up the three point line? Change the floor in some sort of way, change the defensive three seconds in some sort of way. Like, yep. right now, I think they're all smart enough to have recognized some sort of efficiency in. Like, you can't yeah, argue. Take shots if you can't blind. argue it. That's the yeah, thing. Like, but no. like these other guys, like it's actually a really good question with D'Lo, who's like has that game. But if you look at it, like it's that he's not making the he's not making fifty percent of his mid range shots, and he's taking a ton of them. So it's just like, well, do we want to keep going along this path, allowing him to take five mid range shots a game? Because it would be good if he made those 50% of the time because it would open up everything. Right. It's like, that's what, another layered conversation. Right. I was just going to say, I was going to say that before. I was like waiting for you to say that. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's, the Timberwolves are going to be a team that's going to go all the way into it. And the Rockets are all the way into it. And it's going to be weird as I think we're going to have a league that's like half all the way in and half all the way out. Yeah. Or not all the way out, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. a little more old school yeah, and how that's going to like come to a head because right now past few years, it's just been Houston really right doing crazy stuff. Even, even the Warriors don't shoot. No, like, the Warriors don't. That's a whole like misconception. Yeah, Everyone's right. like, Oh, the Warriors. No, they have good three point shooters. They don't right. actually take a ton of them. Right. Like KD takes some of the most, or takes the most mid ranges in the NBA, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's overall your whole team's shot profile. Like that makes sense in a vacuum, right? Like take as many shots as you can at the rim and at the three, yeah. but then you go, okay, well, what would we do? When I'm now two dribbles past getting my screen for the big, yeah. Am I looking to every single time I'm trying to kick it back for the pop? Right. I don't think you should do that every single time. What if I'm wide open from here and I can make it half the time? That's good. Or if the big comes up, then I got the kick to the corner. Like yeah. you can't. I think some of these teams are going to run the risk of becoming predictable. Yeah. And that will like. Don't you say some of them already are like. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think I think to an extent, but at the same time, but then is it still better than yeah? Just willingness? I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. That's why it's up for debate, right? Like I, we don't we don't know. I could never dictate what, especially my best players. I can never try and dictate uh, to them what to do. You know, when they come off a ball, if you got if you're open, and you're Angelo Russell. Got to shoot. I mean, you yeah. got to shoot the well, ball. <laughs> and you once gotta, once I mean, he starts it's, hesitating, he, he it's just like that. All right. he said, I, I basically like asked him this in a question. He goes, "I'm gonna shoot it." Like he goes, "I, yeah. I, I didn't mean to like phrase it the wrong way." I was like, "Hey, well, so before you got here, the Wolves have totally cut out like the mid range shot. Yeah, it's been a huge part of your game. Like, what do you think that balance is gonna be?" Which wasn't me like suggesting don't shoot it. I'm literally the question. I was like, "Yeah," and he goes, he just like looked at me. He's like, "I'm gonna shoot the shot. That's how I get to my game." And I'm like. Okay, like, you 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 have to, and yeah. then it's it's and tough you have to too. take the right ones. You have to take the right mid range <clears throat> shot. Yeah. Like you're obviously, it's no secret everyone's defensive schemes take yeah. away the three, take away the rim. So at some point you have to take what the defense gives you. You just gotta take 
yeah. the right I mean, shot. It's an impossible to have a, a cookie cutter approach because yeah. like D'Angelo Russell is lefty. He'll get, right. I guess, James Harden comparisons. But he's not James Harden, especially no. at the rim. Right. I mean, I don't know what he does percentage-wise at the rim. No, he's not good. But, yeah, he can't. I mean, James <laughs> yeah. Harden plays or used to or can right. play above the rim where I don't know that D'Lo necessarily um, has that same capability. Right. Um, all right. We're at an hour. Tail mouth. We, we learned how to pronounce a lot of things. Yeah. That was, that was helpful. Have you learned any French? I do. I did. Yeah. Way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, not as much as you, but I learned some. I stopped. I was taking lessons like three times a Were week. You? And then, yeah, I was doing my little Duolingo. Duolingo, yeah. Yeah, so je parle français un petit peu. There you go. Wow. <laughs> You're fluent, right? Yeah. Pretty fluent, yeah. We we had Will went to Brazil one time, and they speak Portuguese. And so we went like yeah. the first – we had a, a, a trip there. And we went the first three days. We couldn't speak to anybody. Yeah. And then Will just starts trying to speak French to people. <laughs> And it worked. People picked up. Uh, people, yeah. people like they, they, nobody could speak English to us. Yeah. But. I mean, that French, Portuguese, Spanish, you never like people. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I took Spanish in high school. I picked up on some of it. And then I would try and say something and people would be like, I don't. Because we, <laughs> lived, don't we lived probably <laughs> half a mile apart from each other at different oh, times right? in yeah, Limoges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were in the same city. Because you Limoges last is, year, right? Yeah, because Limoges is only like a half a mile wide. So. Well, there's not <laughs> can't a, go, can't there's not a lot to do there. A couple, but, a couple bars, a couple restaurants, but. That's crazy. They do put Killian number one, huh? Yeah, I mean, on his board. I think Killian has a higher ceiling. Right now, today, I think that Killian has a better chance to be like a multi-time all-star than Teo, than Teo yeah. does right now. But I think, like you said, Killian looks there. Killian also went to a Euro Cup team where he played, I don't know, what, 30, 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Our co- I can tell you, and I'm not – hopefully I don't get in trouble for this, but, you know, there was times where – Teo would just not leave the bench, and it would be like, why? Like, what? <laughs> what Hopefully do your do? coach doesn't listen to this. Yeah, podcast. I mean, shoot, he knows. I mean, he, like, I mean, he did it. He knows, but so. Like, like he wouldn't put Teo in. Teo would not play in yeah. games. Like, there was a couple games where Teo would just play five minutes, and, you know, I think our coach didn't. Um, I think, I think you're saying anything wrong with that. It's just yeah, a fact. Like, yeah, it's just a fact. And yeah. I, think, I think that it was like maybe a defensive thing that he felt, you know, maybe didn't trust Teo in certain situations, which Teo needs to get better uh, yeah. defensively. But I think that that was better for Killian Stock to go to a team um, where he can go, you know, just go play and just make mistakes. Yeah. Like there was also times Teo would go in, make a, deci- make a mistake, and come right out. Like he was mm-hmm. a freshman in college. Right. On, like, and, shit. and so, yeah. like, a lot of, there's a lot of variables that go in, right. as you guys know. Like, just. It, it's, well, it's they're, they're ranked that way too. Like, if yeah. you look at, I mean, it, the, what what one has Killian as a, the first pick? Most of them, he's more like a lottery guy, and Killian's more like where Sekou was, where right. it's like right out of the lottery, still probably first round pick. Right. Um, and to me, from the little I've watched, that that you know that seems to make sense. This is April twentieth. Draft might not be for like yeah, three right? yeah, a long <laughs> a long time. So you know we'll see. But I, I do think that this is really good you know perspective on both of them because everybody else was like Will and I like trying to find a YouTube video to, yeah. to watch these guys or you, or you just get like influenced by highlight tapes yeah. or what some one person says in their right. blog post, you know? So it's, and I, I think this is why it's good. Cause having you, it's like, it is a different angle. Like yeah. it's, you can watch as much highlights as you want or as much yeah. like, you know, whatever, but like, you know, the guy. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's about putting it all together. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, what's fun for a fan. Somebody listen to this. Yeah. Like they want to put together their board, you know? And like, yeah. I want to have all the information and maybe somebody will really be like, Oh, I'm, I'm all in on what Jordan says. Right, right, right. This right. Is team, and then somebody else will be like, oh, no, I, I think this. You know? right. So that's, it's, 
it's like fantasy football, like, right? You know? For sure. But it's and to, to backtrack, what's interesting interesting with those two is from the beginning we were kind of talking about they don't have the competition. If they were in America, those two, I'm interested to see kind of how they both fall out because those two, I guess, do have that rivalry amongst each other because they're do both. They? You don't ah. see often where you get two guys. They know each other obviously. Yeah. I, I, they played together at one point. I'm sure that I think they're friends or they're cool. Um, so you don't see a lot of times two guys coming from Europe from the same country, same class, top 10 or 15 picks, Yeah, which is, sure. which is interesting. And I, and I know for sure Teo would be looking at that. He'd get frustrated when he wouldn't play sometimes and be like, yeah. cause I know he was kind of looking at Killian and I know he wanted to get drafted higher than Killian, which is natural competitive nature. Yeah, so, sure. yeah. um, so yeah, so I, I'm actually interested to see how, how it plays out kind of push and each other. It shouldn't <laughs> a team drafting, should not just rank Killian higher on their board because he played more minutes than he did. You can't control that. But, but that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah. So. All right, that's Jordan Taylor, Will DeBerg. Uh, thank you guys for doing this. This was cool. Um, Will, you're at WDeBerg14. Got it. Twitter, Jordan. I have it up here. JM Taylor 11 um, I'll add me. <laughs> All I do is troll. <laughs> if you're bored, yeah, if you're bored, bored, tweet at Jordan. <laughs> For sure. He'll, if he's overseas, he'll, he'll respond in 30 or seconds or less. Dead at night, 3 a.m., I'll pop up. <laughs> Thanks for having me, though, man. Yeah, yeah no, thanks, for Dan. sure. We'll do, it, we'll do it again sometime. I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA till, um, I don't know who the next two guys we're going to get into are, but we'll figure that out. And uh, thank you for sticking with the pod here during a really weird basketball time. Uh, but until next week, I'm Dane. Peace out. Feeling better, hope it never stops, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah